BYU Cougar basketball is back in action. Yoli Charles drives and dunks. Nasty. Let's get you ready to root on the boys in blue. Long three, Haas. Yes! <laughs> TJ Haas! This is Cougar Pregame Live. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our live coverage of BYU basketball begins with Cougar Pregame Live. To lead things off, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU basketball fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Tonight, the BYU Cougars are in the Bay Area to take on the University of San Francisco Dons. BYU had its nine-game winning streak snapped last Saturday afternoon, falling to St. Mary's nine, excuse me, 74-64 to in overtime at the Marriott Center. The Cougars dropped to 12-3 and on the season. They are 1-1 one and one in the West Coast Conference. Yoli Childs played extremely well against the Gales, scoring a career-high 29 points and pulling down 10 rebounds. Elijah Bryant, another good game for him as well. He finished the afternoon with six points. Interesting for BYU in this game tonight. BYU hasn't played a game outside the state of Utah since they faced UMass in Brooklyn on November 25th. That obviously changes tonight against the Dons. San Francisco 9-6 and overall and like the Cougars are 1-1 one one in the WCC. The good news is for BYU is they have been very successful against San Francisco over the years. In fact, significant success since joining the WCC in 2011. BYU 12-1 versus San Francisco, including winning the past nine meetings. This has definitely been a good matchup for BYU, but that doesn't mean by any stretch of the imaginations that tonight's game will be easy. Cougars have faced a lot of teams recently that like to shoot a lot of threes. Dons certainly fall into that category. That's something if you're listening or watching tonight, make sure you pay specific attention to that matchup. Tonight's player interview is with junior forward Luke Worthington. The BYU team captain is averaging four points and three rebounds on the season. I caught up with Luke after practice and asked him about the new year and how he celebrated. Nothing too crazy. Had a little, uh, a little movie marathon. I think for the first time in a while, I had time to just not do anything, which was kind of nice. My family finally went home, so I spent Christmas and most of this break with them. But since they've gone home, I, I had an evening where I could just hang out. So that was, that was what I took advantage of. Got some rest, watched a few movies with, with the guys back at my place. And that was how I brought in the new year, watched the ball drop, you know. What were the movies? What movie marathon did you guys watch? We watched, so we tried to find some like inspirational ones. I watched, uh, you know, one that was really good was, oh, what up, yo? Hey, so <laughs> Yoli's joining us now. <laughs> watch Stronger. You seen that? I have seen it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Pretty moving. Yeah. I watched actually a couple of them that were about like, <laughs> it was weird. I had like a theme of limbs. So there was one that was like my left foot, some old one that my roommate wanted to watch. And I don't know, I'm trying to remember, but so, oh, 127 hours about the arm. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. I was all over the place. Yeah, that one was uh, intense, to say the least. Yeah, makes you grateful for everything you have, I guess, because one guy loses his leg, other guy the arm. Just makes you, you know, kind of shake around and <laughs> be grateful that all your digits are there. Was it a nice kind of a break to kind of put the game against St. Mary's behind you a little bit as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was a tough one. And the good thing is you walk away from it knowing that at least – we played well. Um, I mean, obviously there were different things we could have executed better and down the stretch, um, you know, a few different misplays on our part and some tough calls going both ways. But I feel like we played hard and we played well in general. And so we walked away from it thinking, you know, 
we can beat this team. We should have beat this team, and we'll just have to go do it in their gym. It's been so long since we've even had to talk about bouncing back from a loss. You guys won nine in a row. You guys playing so well, and you guys played well in that game. Coach Rose was talking about one of his biggest questions is just to see how you bounce back. How do you think the guys have bounced back just in the last couple of days just with practice? Honestly, we've had two really good practices. Um, we heard that confirmed before practice today. The coaches thought so, too. I mean, sometimes you can walk away from a practice thinking it was good and the coach have a different perspective, but in all honesty, our, our first two practices, Monday and Tuesday, were really good, and so so far, so good. Um, I think if we can have another good one tomorrow, then we'll be as ready as we can be for Thursday. Has it been an area of focus specifically, or I mean, what have you guys are you guys trying to just shore things up? I think we have a pretty mature mentality between the guys. Um, we we took that loss in stride. We've taken different things in stride. You know, the losing and bringing on of different players. I mean, a lot of things have happened this year, and and it doesn't rattle us, which is a good sign. Um, I think. We're ready to go get two wins. That's our focus right now. I mean, a lot of people will keep talking about either the wins that we had or the loss against St. Mary's, but we're on to the next game, and we're just excited to play against San Francisco. So. I don't know if it's possible to be excited to go on the road, but you guys have been home or near home since the UMass game back on the 25th of November. Are, are you looking forward to the test of going back out on the road? We like being on the road. We really enjoy it. Um, in one aspect, when you're in the school year, it kind of gives you a little bit of a break. Other than that, I feel like I heard you know Eli in the locker room the other day. He was saying, yeah, I, I can't wait to get back on the road. I thought, you know what, I can't either. I think it's kind of fun to be out there. and The boos are kind of motivating. But at the same time, in this West Coast Conference, with the exception of a couple of gyms, when you're on the road, you're pretty much at home. Because <laughs> right. you have so many BYU fans. And seeing those fans gets you excited, as, as few as they may be. It's, it's exciting to see Cougar Blue wherever you go. What's been the early emphasis on the San Francisco Dons? This is a team that historically BYU has played very well at. But in terms of this year's group, what are you guys working on specifically for this game? Being um, ready ourselves. I think it's more of going into a few different games. We've had to focus on what we do well. And if we do what we do, um, as the coaches like to say a lot, we'll I have no doubt that we'll come away with a win. It's it's not as much about San Francisco. It's a good team, and we need to understand what they do. They're good. You know, they shoot a lot of threes. They can live or die by it, but they also push the ball well, and they have some explosive players. So, I mean, we need to know what they do, but more importantly, we need to play our best. I know San Francisco is, and certainly this is a business trip. You guys are going out to win a game, but uh, San Francisco is one of those cities that's pretty cool to go to. Do you have anything you're looking forward to doing? Do you like to do something specific when you go to San Francisco? I don't have a San Francisco routine yet, but I do remember some pretty fun trips. I mean, we we just kind of make the most of the smallest things. I remember still to this day going out with the boys to like a diner one night and just kind of hanging out. I mean, it's for me, it's it's less about where you are, more about who you're with. And the fact that we're so close camaraderie wise, it makes any trip fun. You can go to, you know, I won't name names, but you can go to anywhere and and have a good time. All right, Luke, appreciate it. Thanks for the time and good luck. Yep, thanks a lot. All right, that was Luke Worthington. Always enjoy talking with Luke. And as you could hear in that interview, and if you've heard any of the other players talking since Saturday's loss to St. Mary's, this is not a team that's panicking. This is not a team that is walking around depressed because they lost the game. Of course they wanted to win the game. Of course they had opportunities to win that game. It just didn't work out. But this is not something, it's a team that had won nine games in a row heading into that. It's a team that's playing really good basketball. And as I mentioned to Luke, they played really good basketball in that game against St. Mary's. It just didn't work out, and they, as you heard Luke say, 
are able to turn the page quite easily, and I think that's something that will benefit them, not just in a game like tonight against San Francisco, but moving forward if they're ever in that situation again. All right, coming up next, we're going to head to War Memorial Gymnasium in San Francisco. It's our courtside conversation. No Mark Durant tonight. Terry Nash filling in. We'll talk with Terry when we come back. Cougar Pregame Live continues in a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Counting you down to tip-off with Cougar Pregame Live. 75-66, a Zuck attack in Provo. Now, let's rejoin your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back in to Cougar Pregame Live. Getting you ready for the Cougars and the Dons. BYU out on the road for the first time since November 25th. It's our courtside conversation tonight with Terry Nashif. Terry, welcome back. How are Shep, things? They're, they're great. They're great. I miss Mark Duran already, but they're great. <laughs> uh, you know what? Here, I understand you had uh, you had quite the day. You had a nice lunch, from what I understand. Absolutely. Nice burger today. Any any meal with Greg is great, but uh, we found a great place, and uh, Kyle Chilton as well, and the the food was really good. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with a great city with great food, uh, but we digress. Uh, let's go back to the game Saturday. Um, let's just look back, and then we'll move on. The loss to St. Mary's certainly disappointing, no question about it. But looking back, how do you view that game now in the grand scheme of things? I think a couple of things. One, it was a tough game, and it was a close game. You talk about they haven't uh, been on the road uh, since the UMass game, and you can argue there hasn't been a really close game since the UMass game. And so uh, good for them to get in that moment, uh, good for them to control that game for so long. And if it just uh, a shot goes in or a play goes the other way, then it's a win and everyone feels really good about it. But uh, Co- Coach Rose has been really good over the years uh, coming back after a loss, and, and it feels different. You, you go through that game, you get a loss, and it stings, and you remember what that felt like. It had been five weeks since they felt that, and I, I assume that practice has been great. Um, Shoot-around was great today, and uh, I expect them to play well tonight. How do you feel about BYU's chances in the conference after that game? Uh, this conference is different. Um, again, if you lose a game or two, it, it really hurts. But you can make that game up in Moraga. Um, it will be tough, a, a tall task. But uh, BYU can do that, and that is what needs to happen. Um, and then maybe this is the year that they get some help. Maybe BYU gets help with St. Mary's and Gonzaga and some of those uh, schools getting knocked off or upset. Um, but on to the next game, uh, one game at a time. I know that's how the coaches will handle it, the players. And uh, then at the very end, let's stack them up, add them up, and see how everything worked out. Look, I realize, Terry, at the end of the day, it's all about winning a game or losing a game. So if, if all anybody wants to look at is whether or not you win or lose, then then you're kind of – it's already determined how you're going to feel after a game. But there were a lot of positives in that game. Yoli Childs just continues to impress. He had a career high with 29 points. Elijah Bryant played well again. It, this, there are a lot of positives and a lot of confidence even in that loss to take out of that game. No question. BYU played well. Uh, they they hung with St. Mary's. They actually dominated for quite a while. But unfortunately, that's not going to help uh, 
Coach Rose or the other coaches the way that they slept or didn't eat as much or had to smile and act like they were enjoying New Year's. It's it's unbelievable the difference when you win a game and lose a game no matter how you play. You can play bad and win and feel amazing. You can play uh, great and lose and just feel awful. Uh, definitely some good things to take away, but at the same time, you can look down the stretch, show some film, and uh, see what happened, what wrong, and know that they need to execute a little bit better down the stretch. Former Cougar guard, former Cougar assistant coach, Terry Nasha filling in for Mark Durant tonight. He's joining me from War Memorial Gymnasium in San Francisco. Coach Rose talked this week about needing more consistency from players other than Yoli and Eli. And there's plenty of players that are stepping up, but it seems to be a different guy each game. Who do you think is the closest to being that quote-unquote other consistent player? I think immediately you think of Tej, and uh, he, he's had some great games, and a lot of it is determined, especially in league with these game plans. These scouts and game plans by the opposing coaches um, have gone up a notch. It happens every year. It's been that way for 10, 15 years that you get into league and the scouting reports are different. Part of who steps up is going to be who's allowed to step up or who's the game plan against or what's the, you know, are, are they going to play Yoli one-on-one in the post or are they going to double-team him? Who are they going to leave open? What what does that look like? And I think Jashir is a guy that they're going to um, help off of and at times, and if he can step up and hit some shots, um, he can be consistent there. TJ, obviously, tremendous player, and he's been really consistent with the way that he's shared the ball, found the open guys, defended, and at times has shot like we know TJ can. And I think, you know, tonight's a night where guys have stepped up and, and gone off in this gym and, and look for Tej to do that tonight. You know, playing off something that you said in terms of, like, the scouting reports, and, and certainly this goes both ways. I mean, it, it goes for BYU and against BYU all at the same time. But when you get into conference, there's no hiding from what you do or what the other team does because you guys are so familiar with each other. How much does it change going from preparing for a non-conference game versus preparing for a conference game? It changes dramatically. You look at the scoring, and, and every year the scoring goes down. And uh, this league especially, tremendous coaching staffs. And uh, I remember going against some of these, these staffs, and they're looking down trying to get steal the play signs and the play calls. And they know every play, you know, over 50, 60 plays. And uh, it's amazing the time that they put in. It's amazing the scouts that they have. And then uh, they can have a plan. How well can the players execute it? And then do they have the right plan? And uh, our coaching staff is tremendous, and we've got a plan. And so it, it's a battle within the game, but it's, it's to a new level every year in league, especially in the West Coast Conference. We've talked about this a little already. It's been a while since BYU's played outside of Utah. San Francisco is a team that BYU has had a lot of success against 12-1 and since joining the conference in 2011. How focused of a team do you think we see tonight, speaking of BYU, after Saturday's loss? I think really focused. Again, it's stung. They feel different. They want to get rid of that feeling. The only way to get rid of it is to win. Uh, you can have a holiday. You can get on a plane. You can have a great meal. You can do all those things, but there's a feeling that happens after loss, and the only way to get rid of it is to win, and they want to get rid of that feeling, and, and I think we'll see a, a team that's fighting, that's, uh, that is together from the tip, and uh, I look forward to great things. A really, really focused team tonight. BYU is sort of in a stretch where they're taking on opponents that rely on the three quite heavily, and San Francisco would certainly fall into that category. They shoot a lot of threes, kind of a volume-shooting team. They shoot so many that they're bound to hit uh, a decent amount. 
how do you think the team, speaking of BYU, has done over the past few games in terms of three-point defense? They did a great job against St. Mary's looking at the percentage. Uh, St. Mary's uh, missed a lot of three-pointers. One thing about San Francisco, I think they made about 15 threes against Portland. That gets BYU's attention as well. It's a huge focus. It will be for this game. Uh, I think they shot about 40. So we will see. Obviously, that number needs to come down as far as attempts and then uh, running them off the line and making sure those shots are rushed uh, is a big, big key tonight. What else do you think, what type of game do you think we see tonight? I think it's going to be a great game. I think it will be physical. Uh, BYU's playing a little bit slower, and uh, San Francisco plays, you know, at, at a similar pace. And what we're going to see is a battle back and forth. I think uh, BYU will surprise San Francisco with uh, their, their defense, the way they're guarding the three-point line. And uh, early success for BYU will be really important uh, tonight. You and I haven't uh, haven't talked for a little while, haven't done a game for a little while. I'm curious, we talked so much about how well Yoli's playing and how well Elijah's playing. Who, who else has been somebody that you've taken notice of or maybe even a, a player or two that, that you've really been pleased with how their game has developed throughout the season so far? I'm just really impressed with the, the coaches, the way that they've got all of these players buying in. And uh, it's a different guy, like you talked about a little bit, a different guy stepping up game after game after game. And I, I went to the UVU game, uh, just watched as a spectator, which was fun, knowing you know, both coaching staffs and players on both teams as well. And McKay Cannon stepped into that game and, and played tremendous. And you go right down the line, and different guys are stepping up. You look at a guy like Peyton Dastrup, and he's understanding his role. He's playing great in the minutes that he's in there, and he's really given uh, BYU a lift. Uh, you look at Luke at what he does. You know, I thought his defense, um, against Jock last game was good. He was physical with them, pushing them off the block. And uh, th- there's so many guys that are stepping up, and they've really bought into what Coach Rose and his staff uh, are preaching. Terry, great stuff, man. Appreciate the time as always. We're here you on the broadcast with Greg coming up in just a few minutes. Thanks, man. Thanks, Shep. That was great. All right, man. Terry Nash filling in for Mark Durant tonight on the broadcast. Always love talking with Terry after a quick timeout. We'll look at some other scores in college basketball, including one that's happening right next door to where I am at the Marriott Center, BYU Women's Basketball in action. We'll let you know how they're doing against San Francisco. When we come back, you're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our exclusive pregame coverage of BYU basketball continues. As we rejoin the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Ah, that's right. BYU basketball tonight. Cougars on the road. Third game of the WCC season for BYU. They're on the hilltop tonight, taking on the Dons of San Francisco. We'll get you to War Memorial Gym coming up in just a few minutes. Let's update you on what's happening right now at the Marriott Center. BYU women's basketball hosting San Francisco tonight. BYU right now in the third quarter, nearing the end of the third quarter. 38 seconds to go in that one. Uh, 50-45 is the score in favor of the Cougars. Malia Nawahine having herself a game 
game tonight. 21 points, shooting 50% from the floor. Also has hit four threes in this game. She leads all scores again with 21 points. Cassie DeVagere with nine. Brenna Chase with eight. BYU again nearing the end of the third quarter with a five-point lead over San Francisco, 50-45. to All right, top 25 action. There is an upset brewing in Boulder. Colorado hosting number four Arizona State. The Buffaloes with a two-point lead, 73-71 over the Sun Devils. There's 36 seconds to go. And actually, Arizona State has just uh, scored. It's now 73-72 in favor of Colorado. So a possible upset of the fourth-ranked Arizona State Sun Devils. We'll update you on that throughout the night. This ought to make BYU fans uh, happy tonight. In the second quarter, excuse me, second half, up at the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City, number 14, Arizona, with a nine-point lead over the University of Utah, 59-50. to Also, second-half action, number 19, Cincinnati, trailing at Temple, the Owls, with a five-point lead at 41-36. to couple of finals from tonight, Michigan State, 30 better than Maryland, 91-61. to Wichita State, the Shockers, ninth-ranked in the country, they defeat Houston, 81 263 and the late game tonight matter of fact it will tip off at the exact same time as our game number 19 Gonzaga on the road at Pepperdine. Other WCC games going on right now. First half, it is Santa Clara leading at LMU, 17-12. St. Mary's obviously coming off the win in Provo on Saturday. They are at home hosting Pacific. The Gales with a 20-10 lead over the Tigers. Portland hosting San Diego. The Toreros with a 5-point lead at 16-2-11. Those are your scores in the WCC. All right. NBA, it's a Thursday night, which means there's usually only a couple of games. In fact, there's just two tonight. Fourth quarter in Houston. It's the Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Warriors with a 120-108 to lead over the Houston Rockets. A minute and a half to go in the fourth quarter. And then the late game tonight in Los Angeles at Staples Center. The L.A. Clippers hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder. Checking quickly back in at the Marriott Center. BYU women's basketball still in the lead, just starting the fourth quarter. It is 50-47 in favor of the Cougars. We'll update you on that score and all the scores throughout the evening. That's going to do it for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, we'll send you to War Memorial Gym for the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel. You're listening to BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get the inside scoop on today's game. We've got a lot of individual guys who have actually found themselves and are really contributing to our team. This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Now, let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Courtside Seats and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar basketball fans. Welcome courtside inside War Memorial Gymnasium on the Hilltop Campus of the University of San Francisco. As tonight, the BYU Cougars play their West Coast Conference road opener visiting the Dons of USF. 
a team that BYU's defeated in each of the last nine meetings. The Cougars have won the last six games in this building. I'm Greg Rubel. I'll be your play-by-play commentator this evening, sitting alongside former BYU point guard and assistant coach Terry Nashif. And uh, Terry, BYU is in bounce-back mode, as we all know, coming off that tough weekend loss to the Gales in Provo. And while USF would appear to be just the right team to face, considering BYU's history here, uh, Don's head coach Kyle Smith has his team playing, playing a better of late. A uh, recent win over Nevada uh, really shows the uh, upset potential in play here tonight. Coach Smith is a tremendous coach, and uh, we... BYU's had some great success here, some fun times. You think of Matt Carlino, that felt like he had 100 points in the first half, and <laughs> and uh, some players have stepped up as they've come into this gym. Uh, you can throw out the records. You can throw out a lot of different things when league starts. Uh, West Coast Conference teams play better. They play well. This will be a tough game for BYU tonight, but they will be up to the challenge. Coming up next, the pregame thoughts of BYU head coach Dave Rose as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from San Francisco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the Cougar pregame coaches show. Oh, a nice stutter step right to the rim. Floats score again. For more with head coach Dave Rose, let's rejoin your host, Greg Rubel. All right, so we're at War Memorial Gymnasium for BYU and San Francisco. Cougs coming in 12-3, Dons 9-6, both teams 1-1 one one in WCC play and looking to stay in the early season top tier of this conference. BYU head coach Dave Rose is 12-1 against USF in WCC competition, including a perfect 6-0 mark here in San Francisco, where at 2.45 this morning, a 4.5 magnitude earthquake rattled the Bay Area. I spoke with Coach Rose after shoot around earlier today and asked him if that uh, if that rattler woke him up. Actually, I was awake and uh, I felt it, you know, hit and just kind of roll through real quick. And you know, it, it's funny because sometimes you're staying in a high-rise hotel and room and and, and you, the person next door sometimes can slam their door and it'll rattle your wall or something, yeah. but. But this was pretty real. It uh, it rolled through real quick, and first thing I thought of was, uh, I wonder who built this thing, because <laughs> we're on the I was on the 19th floor, but uh, it was quick, and then you know went away. I've been, I, you know, I, I was born and raised in Southern California, so I've been through a few few of them before. So you got all of it. I, I maybe got the last 10 seconds of it, but it did jolt me out of bed. Yeah, and and they, you know, it's it's funny. There's a there's a real definite feel to those things, know. you know, where. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't check. I didn't read anything until this morning. And, I, you know, and then you could see the people sent texts and that it was actually an earthquake. Yeah. But I was pretty sure at the time. Yeah. <laughs> no mistaking it. So on to this game. Uh, USF, uh, three-point shot's really important to them. They, they want to take it away defensively, and they take a lot of them on offense. It's, it's, they're really good at, the, at the, uh, the, the line being an advantage for them. And uh, the first WCC game at San Diego, only shot 15, yeah. got beat. Uh, they go to Portland. They shoot 45, 42, I think, mm-hmm. made and made 15 of yeah. them. And and that game was uh, you know, won comfortably by them. So that'll be a big focus for us. And uh, I don't think we can hold them to, to, to 15 attempts, but we sure can't give them 42 attempts. So that'll be uh, a, you know a real challenge uh, for us tonight. The other challenge is they play so many guys, yeah. and that allows them to run their offense with such unbelievable speed and. Uh, 
they're always the cuts are, are always hard and fast and quick and pretty accurate and uh, he does that you know with 10 12 uh, with 10, you know players coming into the game and because of that uh, and, and how aggressive they'll play it the fouls tend to pile up and their opponents do shoot a lot of free throws which you hope plays into your hand tonight yeah ho- hopefully that's that's one of the things that uh, they are really aggressive and and uh, you know hopefully you know we got an opportunity at the line tonight and can convert those it's it's something that's really important you know for us as far as uh you know how we try to balance our scoring yep. and uh and we're good at the line if we can get there so hopefully we can now so many of these guys you've played against numerous times know them pretty well and yet their leading scorer is a newcomer a freshman named sule boom yeah well it's, it, it's interesting they return all five starters but only a couple of them start right you know uh, this year and and Sule is uh, is a kid that is really really aggressive with the ball. I mean, he's a he's a guy that uh, when he gets it, he's looking to, to score it, to drive it, to shoot it, to, to uh, you know to pass it. I mean, he he wants to make a real play, and that's a little bit different from the other guys in their offense because their offense is really uh, the pattern is what actually makes them good and kind of reminds me of the role that Ronnie Boyce had last year with this group that when he gets it it's live and you better be you know, expected he had as a freshman true freshman had 21 in his first league game on the road and then 26 yeah. second league game on the road so uh, I think you can pretty much put a star by his name and say he's pretty real for a guy that goes a buck 45 officially doesn't shy away from contact shoots a lot of free throws I, I, I can't imagine that he's actually a buck 45 <laughs> we'll, we'll see you know that's a uh, uh, that makes T- you know TJ look like he's a giant. You know, so we'll see how it goes. All right, uh, your group right now. You, you pretty much know who you have right now, and then who you don't have. Dalton's still not with the team, and uh, you're kind of running the group you've got. And I, th- I think you like them. Yeah, yeah. This is a. I mean, it, it's a it's a very competitive group, and I think it's a together group. Um, you know, th- th- we'll learn a little bit about ourselves here tonight because had a, uh, you know, a, a big yeah big disappointment, and and now we'll try to. Uh, you know, respond from that, and, and and hopefully the response is to just do what we do and not not try to get outside of ourselves. I think that uh, this challenge defensively will be real, and and that we'll have to be ready for it. You know, foul trouble. You know, we'll, we'll uh, usually on the road, especially in the first half, it becomes an issue. But uh, offensively, you're going to have to really share the ball. We have to really read kind of how they're going to guard us and uh, and then react to that and, and, and try to find ways to use our advantage. I think our biggest advantage is probably inside uh, on the block with uh, with our big guys. So hopefully we can get the ball there a lot tonight. In a good gym for you. Yeah, we, we, we played well here and, and hopefully that uh, our guys will you know play well here tonight. It's uh, it, it's always interesting. I think it's just maybe might be the second or third time that we've played during the Christmas break here. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of our fans in here tonight. We have in the past. All right, Coach, good luck tonight. We'll talk to you post-game. All right, thanks a lot, Greg. All right, that is Dave Rose and tonight's Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. The Cougar tip-off show is coming up next live from San Francisco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's almost time to hit the hardwood. Shot and score! Dalton Nixon! Right to the rim, up and the Cougar Tip-Off Show brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by your local Utah Honda dealers. Now let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Courtside Seats and join Mark Durant along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Good evening once again from War Memorial Gymnasium at the Sobrato Center here in San Francisco, California on this beautiful USF campus. As tonight, the Cougars open their first WCC road swing, seeking a seventh straight win in this venue and at the same time, a seventh straight true away win. That streak, by the way, which dates back to last season, six straight away wins is the fifth longest current road winning streak in Division One hoops. Greg Grubel and former BYU player and coach Terry Nashif sitting in for Mark Durant tonight. BYU basketball media relations Kyle, uh, Relations Director Kyle Chilton is also on hand and assisting our broadcast. Jason Shepard is our studio host. Our control board operator is Carter Malloy. You are tuned in on the new skin. BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship station is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, over the air on KSL News Radio and on affiliates in Utah and Idaho around the world online at BYUradio.org, BYUcougars.com, KSL.com, and the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the KSL app, the tune in app. They all work for us. So wherever you are this evening for this late night tip, good to have you along with us. So Terry, it didn't have the same, uh, let's say, sudden heartbreak uh, of the Matthew Delavadova shot from a few seasons ago, but uh, BYU's weekend home loss to St. Mary's was still a gut punch of sorts, and BYU led most of the way and it let it slip late, and as you know, every home loss in league will leave a mark, but it's still very early in conference play, as you know, and BYU gets another regular season crack at the Gales, and the Cougars showed that they could be a competitive match, indeed led 30 minutes plus, against one of the best teams in the country. Well, I don't know if there there will ever be a sudden heartbreak like the Delavadova <laughs> dagger. I still feel that uh, often, and uh, like you said, BYU played great in the St. Mary's game, controlled the game for most of it, and that tells a lot about this team, the strides that they've made, and that they can, like you said, play with a, a top team in the country. They're going to get another crack uh, in Moraga at St. Mary's, and uh, they'll have a chance. But tonight is a key for them to bounce back, and they haven't felt this sting for five weeks. We'll see how they respond. All right, break time. When we return to the Hilltop, we'll hear from USF head coach Kyle Smith as the Cougar tip-off show continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Raise it up. No. The tip. No. The follow. Yes. Let's head back live to courtside. All right, so getting you set for BYU and USF just after the top of the hour. The Cougars just had a nine-game win streak snapped. The Dons, meantime, have been more up and down, alternating losses and wins over their last six games. In my pregame conversation with USF second-year head coach Kyle Smith a short time ago, the coach talks about uh, the recent swings in performance and uh, the pursuit of consecutive wins with an historical nemesis now paying a visit. You know, I think it was a tough stretch of games more than anything. I think we played some really good opponents, and, like, uh, I thought we kind of kind of broke through. We started playing well. We were down nine against Duquesne, who's turned out, I don't know if people know, I think they're a pretty good team, like 12-4. and four. Um, And, you know, we didn't – I thought we didn't shoot the ball against San Diego, but they're a good team on their floor, and I thought we played really well against Portland and really good against Nevada. So I think two out of the last three we played pretty well. So the key is uh, get older, but we're still pretty young. Um, but I feel like we're playing better. So, and, you know, BYU's a really good team. They remind me of a little bit like St. Mary's, the same level as Nevada. So it'll be a, obviously a really tough, tough opponent for us, but um, hopefully we're capable. Does that Nevada game kind of set the bar for you guys to show just how good you can be? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think Nevada's really, really good. I, we had to play really well to beat them, so it should give us that confidence in playing against a guy like 
Jordan Caroline, their big guy, we did a good job on him. That's going to be similar playing against Yoli, who's been phenomenal his first two league games and really for the whole year. They had a good game against you guys here last oh, year. Oh, yeah. I think we broke <laughs> we broke it open for him. He really, you know, we had to deal with Mika last year, too. And, yeah. you know, and, and he's kind of assumed Mika's role this year and doing a really good job. So we've, uh, and we had to get UC Davis as a kid like that. So um, hopefully we're prepared. And I think Yoli's the best of the bunch. You're getting it from so many different guys right now. I'm sure that has to yeah. please you. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of what our our style of play is. It's conducive to it's gonna we're gonna share the ball and get different guys. But we've also there's also a, like any team there's a pecking order, and we're in the position where our freshmen is our leading scorer. So that takes a little while for guys to get used to, and that, that little bit of change. And we, and we we were hoping to get Charles Midlin back, but he's gonna redshirt now, yeah. and he was. You know, hoping to get him back by November 15th and December 15th, and then it's just it ends. So that's okay, and it's probably helped us too. Like we're not worried about that anymore, and that that always changes. And uh, we've had some had some nagging health things, and that I think we're through. Um, you know, a couple concussions, we had a couple high ankle sprains, and hopefully that it's it's we're uh, it took a little while for us to gel, and I feel like we're playing better. With a team that returns so many guys, how did? Sule Boom uh, occupy the role that he now inhabits so comfortably? I don't think it would have happened if Charles was healthy, to be honest. I, I don't know. Uh, and then when him going out, because I think Charles Midland would have been our leading scorer, and so and Su- him and Sule are probably our two guys who can really get around their defender and yeah. play make. Um, so that's kind of a big need for us. And, and he is, luckily, he's been able to mature enough to handle it in a lot of ways, and, and uh, we're excited to have him. And and I think it, once he's become more comfortable, even as a starter, I think that's uh, that's kind of settled us out, too. You saw both extremes last weekend. USD keeps you to 15 three-point attempts. Then you make 15 on 42 at Portland two days later. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of our deal, too. We'll take what the defense gives you. And, and uh, San Diego's been one of the best in the country, yeah. defending the three percentage-wise and, and giving them up. So, um, and Portland was... You know, they play big around the rim with their big seven-footer, and, and, uh, and BYU is a little more like San Diego, unfortunately. <laughs> we look at this BYU team, uh, maybe what are some thumbnails of the scout that's pretty general about this team? I think even though they're not playing as up-tempo as they have in the past, I think don't don't get it twisted as far as their their transition's really impressive, especially when Hawes or Bryant get out in the open floor. you got to contain them there. And then along with their, obviously, their low post game with Yoli, who also scores from perimeter and yeah. high post, um, we got to keep him out of the paint because when the penetration gets the duck-ins for Yoli or, or Worthington or uh, and those things, they get on the glass a little bit and, and they're in a foul. So trying to keep him out of the, you know, a lot of their stuff they do, they're either trying to go high-low or they're trying to get the ball across the floor in the middle of the paint. So we've got to keep him out of there. All right, last thing maybe. Uh, this is a team that historically has played pretty well. That is BYU on this floor. Does that even come up? I don't know. I'm sure it's there a little bit. It's not something we talk about, but I know that uh, – they played really well in here after they lost to Pepperdine on Thursday and came in here on our senior night and, and uh, played well. Um, I didn't think we played it. We shot it poorly, but that's credit, I think, to they really dialed into it. So I think they'll, they're they not going to change their game plan much. They had success in here, and I know they had success here before. So I, I know as a player you'd have good feelings, no, no secrets. So we gotta we got to play that much better and that much harder to, to, to get under their skin a little bit. All right, Kyle, appreciate the time. We'll see you back in Provo. All right, thanks, Greg. All right, that is USF head coach Kyle Smith. Time now for You Be the Judge, sponsored by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. We have more BYU Hoops trivia for you tonight. Here's this evening's question. Two years ago, 
on this very floor, Nick Emery tied the BYU single-game record with 10 three-point field goals. <laughs> Tying a record previously set by, well, that's the question. Who is the player to first make 10 three-point field goals, a record that Nick tied on this floor two years ago? The answer coming up next as the Cougar Tip-Off Show continues live from San Francisco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Oswald drive and give to Yoli. Yoli with the thump and another and one opportunity. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel at courtside. BYU and USF coming up. First up, the answer in tonight's You Be the Judge trivia question brought to you by Legally Mine. Two years ago, right here in War Memorial Gymnasium, BYU's Nick Emery tied the BYU single-game record with 10 three-point field goals, tying a mark previously set by whom? Terry Nashif? Chase, Chase Chase Fisher. Yeah, where where did did that happen? That was in Maui, and that was after he had a a poor shooting performance the game before, and he came out and and made a ton of them, and it was a special day. Against Chaminade, right? Yep, exactly. Ten threes by Chase Fisher against Chaminade, and then Nick Emery, ten threes right here at USF a couple of years ago. All right, that's our You Be the Judge feature brought to you by Legally Mine. Our closing segment of the Cougar Tip-Off Show is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Tip-Off Show rolls on. Touch pass, Selyus, three. Got it! Zach Selyus makes it a one-point game. Let's head back live to courtside. All right, time now for the Timpanogos Regional Hospital Injury Report. The Timpanogos Regional Hospital Emergency Room is prepared to treat injuries of all kinds close to home. Just text ER to 23,000 for current ER wait times. And here is tonight's injury report. After two games back on on the roster, Braden Shaw is back on the sidelines. He re-rolled his ankle in practice Tuesday, did not make the trip to San Francisco, so Braden Shaw with an ankle is out. Dalton Nixon remains out with an injured foot, as does Ryan Andrus. It sounds like Andrus is due for a procedure uh, coming up, and so uh, his absence is uh, delayed, or his, his return is delayed indefinitely. So no Dalton Nixon, no Braden Shaw, no Ryan Andrus for BYU, and that is our Timpanogos Regional Hospital Injury Report. Starting lineups and the opening tip-off are coming up next. This has been, live from San Francisco, the Cougar Tip-Off Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.